bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I am excited right now to have a person in the studio that I've been looking forward to meeting for a long time because I've, I've uh, you know, secretly stalked and watched all of the work that she's done throughout Wisconsin. And I've seen um, some of the engagement and some of the discussions about things that happen in the black community. And so uh, she has had the opportunity to step in and be one of those people that you should know because she has been able to, in, in my estimation, and I'm sure she'll correct me, um, pierce many of the veils, many of the places that um, many African-American people have not. And I think that it's important that we recognize the power behind especially someone who happens to be an African-American woman. I want to say welcome to Miss Angela Fitzgerald. How are you today? I'm doing great, Dr. Harris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm good. So I have been like watching your career grow for, I, I probably shouldn't say this on the air, should I? Um, I've been watching your career grow <laughs> and some of the things that you've done, especially oh, um, with Why Race Matters. Can you do me a favor? Can you t just tell us about yourself, sure. where you're from, how you got here? But I saw that you were a graduate of VCU, so I got to show you some love. So, uh, yes. anyway. <laughs> thank you. Thank All you. Right. I appreciate All that. Right. Um, well, I, I guess I consider myself, I'm a Wisconsinite now. I've been in Wisconsin for eight years, um, since April 2014, but I'm originally from the East Coast. So I grew up um, in a part of the country that those of us who live there, we call it the DMV. Um, but for those who don't live there, it's basically where D.C., um, Maryland, and Virginia meet. So I'm from Southern Maryland, um, a county called PG County. Um, 
majority black community, um, but there's definitely diversity. Um, people are doing well for themselves, all of that. And so I grew up with a different uh, perspective than um, maybe those who grew up in less diverse communities. But it was an absolute culture shock for me when I moved to Wisconsin in 2014. And so I've adjusted, um, but a lot of that is where Why Race Matters was born because Mm -hmm. it didn't occur to me kind of the reality of people who look just like me but were in spaces where you may not regularly see someone who looks like you and what that meant. Um, because I hadn't experienced that up until 2014. I, I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., um, spent 10 years in Richmond, Virginia, where I went to graduate school and then moved here. Um, so like I said, it was a culture shock. So I appreciate the work that I've been able to do and the community that I've been able to connect with and to help build um, in Wisconsin, which is home for me now, um, while acknowledging that we still have some work to do. But you grew up in a county, Prince George's County, that is not... Yes by any stretch of the imagination, a poor county. And there are several other not, counties no. there that are that have a significantly high African-American population where they are what I like to call well-off. And so yeah. for you to come to Wisconsin and see, I don't know what word to use, dichotomy between black communities, mm-hmm. like how did that fuel that conversation with Race Matters? Well, I mean, it was definitely different. I would say sobering because you're right. I grew up, not that I'm immune to um, community that experience challenges or poverty or anything of the such, but it wasn't as though I was used to seeing my community or other historically marginalized communities only in those spaces. I've seen us in a variety of socioeconomic brackets and mm-hmm. settings, so I get that Poverty can transcend all of that. Um, so it was interesting to move here where when I was introduced to, to statistics, and actually the year that I moved and right around the time that I moved here was when um, in the Madison area, the first race to equity report came out. So I was like inundated with different event opportunities to really talk about the disparities in the area, which was really interesting to hear that um, particularly where I live, which is Madison, is a city that's so hailed for being one of the best cities in the nation to live and how great people are doing and the bike lanes and the lakes and like all the great things. But then when we look at the numbers, I was like, well, why is it that as a white person, you can live in Madison and do better than other white people in the nation. Correct. But as a black person, it's the opposite. Right. You live here and you do worse. Right. Um, because again, like you mentioned, my context isn't that. So it really was a head scratcher. Like, why is that? Why is it that opportunity here does not seem to be equally distributed? And not to say there isn't success. Of course there is. But what are these statistics telling us? And what are the opportunities for us to investigate where structural inequality exists and where it can be really upended, right? So that those outcomes can be equally experienced by anyone, regardless as to where they're, where they're from. So what, what feeds that thought? Because you can look at it from two perspectives. One, opportunities that don't exist or opportunities right. that aren't taken advantage of. And mm. so as a, as, as a program, like why race matters, is it, mm-hmm. is it more so to teach whites or non-blacks, mm-hmm. right? That are people that are outside of the African mm-hmm. diaspora, what it means to be black, or is it to show us the right. level of diversity that's present in economics? And, and you, you touched on a few in your new season, the home ownership, the higher ed, stuff like that. 
Well, I think it's both. And it's, it's funny, Dr. Harris, because we had quite a bit and they're still having ongoing conversations at PBS Wisconsin about who is our target audience, right? So I can't ignore the fact that we live in a majority white state. And okay. PBS Wisconsin has a majority white audience. However, I'm very intentional about building community for my people. And I want us to feel like we have community wherever we exist. And I want PBS Wisconsin to feel like a space that feels like community is there. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to achieve both goals, essentially. Like, yes, I want those who don't personally identify with the lived experiences of those of us on Why Race Matters to get an aha moment and to understand, like, okay, this is where my allyship could present, right? But then I want those of us who do relate or do see someone that looks like them, like, oh, wow, I maybe hadn't thought about that or that's something to explore or even a person to connect with. And I get that that's still evolving. Like, we're still exploring how best can we support cultivating and building that true community. Um, But that's my goal, ideally. Like, I don't want to pander to anyone. Um, I want to educate, uplift, and like I said, community is key and central there with Why Race Matters. So before we go to break, I want to challenge you on one thing. Uh, because you talked about yeah. allyship. And I do recognize I'm talking, well, I guess I should ask, am I talking to Angela Fitzgerald, the host and producer, or am I talking to Dr. Fitzgerald? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I want to know. Oh, wow. Well, well, I'm not Dr. <laughs> Fitzgerald yet, so I appreciate that. Well, I you will know, so speak, it, speak it into existence, right? Okay. <laughs> I will. I will. Word that power. So, um, okay. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, you're, you're talking to Angela right now. All right. Allyship is something that I've been pushing back against because now it seems like Mm -hmm. we can't move forward unless we get your help. Mm -hmm. I think there's enough in the black Mm -hmm. community to build anything we want, anywhere we want with whomever we want. If we just, if each individual would just look inward, but yet we, we constantly push allyship. So what, what is your take on that before we go to break? Wow, so that is an interesting point. Um, and I agree with you. I don't want to minimize what we already have as a people or to disregard what we have accomplished on our own, even if history doesn't want to remind us of that. Um, but I do think that if we're talking about equity, that that shouldn't be a goal that's only held by us. Like We didn't create this issue. We didn't create the inequity. So why is it on us solely to fix it? So I want white people, people belong to other groups um, mm-hmm. to recognize their share of responsibility in fixing situations around them and to take what you're learning and how you're being empowered, take that to your community and get them mobilized to do something to create change. So yes, I want my people to feel empowered, but it's not just our job to fix something that we did not create. We're talking to Angela Fitzgerald, host and producer of the PBS Wisconsin series, Why Race Matters. It elevates issues of importance affecting Wisconsin black communities. When we come back, looking at the difference between season one and season two, you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. PBS Wisconsin, Why Race Matters. We're talking to the producer and host, Angela Fitzgerald, of the series Why Race Matters, talking about 
issues of importance affecting Wisconsin black communities. So before the break, I had a question. And basically, when I went through your uh, shows, I thought, wow, that was pretty cool. I looked at season one and mental health and, you know, school to prison pipeline and all these things. But there seems to have been a change with season two. Yes. Am I, am I, am I seeing correctly or, or was there, there an impetus for the change in topics? Yes. And so, well, there are a couple of changes between season one and season two, um, driven in part by the fact that the show was launched during the height of the pandemic. So, um, and it was born out of just me looking around. And it was at the time period where, it felt like the Black Lives Matter movement was finally being embraced by brands in a way that felt a little, a little uh, commercially, but you know, there seemed to okay. be a, a different, <laughs> a different bent towards, you know, Black Lives Matter. And all these brands were now coming out with their stances on like racism and inequality and all of that. And so this made me wonder, I'm like, hmm, I wonder where PBS Wisconsin stands because as a network, there hadn't been any announcement yet. And not that I didn't, I had confusion about where the network stood because I get that in general, public television has more of a leaning in that direction, but at the same time, it hadn't explicitly been stated. So that's when I reached out to inquire and ask and why Race Matters was born out of like, hey, let's lead with kind of our position and also the call to action around things that contextualize the conversation to Wisconsin. So all this happened during the height of the pandemic. We recorded outside because that was our those were our parameters given um, COVID and all of that. And so for season two, we shifted to like an in-studio sort of production because we could move around differently. Now, in terms of topics, um, I'm so, so grateful that one of the things that um, pretty, we're pretty intentional about um, behind the scenes was having an advisory for this show because I did not, <laughs> do not want to feel like I am the sole voice of Blackness for PBS Wisconsin or for Why Race Matters. I am one perspective of many. So I wanted us to have diverse perspectives within the black community within Wisconsin that would help to drive the topics and the folks that were featured in terms of guests. And so what you see in terms of the topics and the guests are coming from our advisory who represent academia, who represent um, community-based organizations, who represent um, a student population. Um, And so really we're trying to be responsive to what they see as like, yes, these are the things we want to talk about. And these are the people that we can elevate within our community who either have lived experiences or expertise or perhaps both in a particular topic. So I think that is the underpinning behind what you're seeing in the shift um, from season one to season two. Are there any, and this may sound like an odd question, but are there any negative sides to inclusion that sometimes there's so much that you really can't, it's almost like every, everybody's trying to, be in yeah. agreement that you really can't get to what the crux of a problem is. Because I, I see you have ownership, home ownership, you have <laughs> higher education, you have critical race theory. Right. Um, un- let's, let's pick critical race theory. I argue with people all the time mm-hmm. because I say, if you understand what critical race theory is, it doesn't belong mm-hmm. in a high school. And it'd be pretty difficult to teach it in a high school anyway, because most of the mm. people talking and teaching don't have the breath of experience right. where they would have a narrative that could that could mm-hmm. actually handle critical race theory but yet we have this this negative thing about it so i'm i'm grateful to see and the fact that you got dr dr lance and billings but, lance and billings, but, but the fact that you 
you're you're thoughtful enough. Does that play a part? I mean, does that advisory committee does it is it always positive or is there at least some pushback in there? Um, I mean, there is pushback. Um, I think as a, a group, we work well together. So it's less pushback internally in terms of disagreeing about topics. Mm-hmm. Where we have pushback is once we've done episodes or done interviews, we watch them before launching. And there were some that we decided did not represent the topic in a way that we felt like empowered in the desired fashion, right? So there was some that we decided we probably shouldn't air this because it hasn't been contextualized enough to really do the topic justice and to do our guests justice. So those were tough decisions because there was time and effort put in, but at the same time, we want to be really protective of how we put our community out there around certain topics. Um, So if it means pulling it back until we are able to have it contextualized differently, then so be it. So how difficult is it to stay away from your personal biases? Mm. Well, I mean, I, that's a good question, but I think it's one of those things where we, we might believe we're doing a good job, but sometimes right. you don't know what you don't know. Right. So I, for me, that requires remaining open to feedback and not feeling closed off to how things might land. Um, so, for example, I mentioned before when you asked um, more along the lines of who the target audience is, I don't want to have any misgivings that, oh, yeah, we're, we're knocking it out of the park in terms of engaging the black community in our content. Right. We may not be. And that's something to accept, right? Because we believe that we're putting something out there that's of value. But if it's not landing in the way that's desired, how are we acknowledging and responding to that feedback? And how are we getting that feedback to begin with to even understand what the perceptions are? Um, so I think it's just acknowledging that we don't have the, all the answers. We're admittedly trying something new. We're in, in some ways, um, new terrain with PBS Wisconsin. So I appreciate having the opportunity to work with the network and with the awesome production team and um, administrators there to put something out that we feel strongly about, but that we acknowledge that we are still developing um, our expertise around in terms of just engagement. So in that way, I think I have a bias that like, oh, yeah, this is great. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. if it's not, can I accept that? And then what do I do with that feedback to really make it connect in the ways that we hope it will? We are talking to Angela Fitzgerald, host and producer of the PBS Wisconsin series, Why Race Matters. So someone hit us on the talking text line. Mike said, Dr. Ken, you're absolutely correct. We have to rely more on being self-sufficient. I understand your guest perspective, mm. but I would counter by saying that when we powerfully embark on a journey of self-sufficiency we're in a better place to Mm -hmm. demand certain initiatives rather than continuing to ask them to please help fix it after three or four hundred years of asking and begging and pleading your thoughts Mm. i'm in absolute agreement so i don't i don't want there to be the perception that what the caller just said is what i conveyed i think there's shared responsibility across both groups right i don't think there's a reliance and i get that in a lot of ways, our community, other historically marginalized communities, were at times socialized to believe that that's what we need, when historically that's not the case, right? So, yes, I believe that we should absolutely be empowered to be the cultivators and creators of what we need to succeed. I am a huge advocate 
of cooperative economics and financial independence for that reason. Because when you're doing that, then you don't have to rely on external resources to make things happen. You can build your own communities. You can build your own schools. You can address food deserts. You can do all of the things Mm -hmm. when you have the resources and are working together to make things happen. Now, does that mean that those who don't look like us are absolved from doing their part? No. Mm -hmm. I just want to call attention to this is all of our job, but i don't want our being empowered to do our part to mean that others can just sit on their hands and not do anything. My last question. So, and and I want you to connect the dots. Prince George's County PGC is not a marginalized community by any stretch of the imagination. But yet, how did you coming to Wisconsin, was it coming to Wisconsin? Was it going to school? Connect the dots for me. How did you figure out how to get to this point on PBS Wisconsin? To get to this point in terms of the work that I do? In terms of the work you do. Because you 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 were from an area that was where people you saw were fairly, you know, they did fairly well. They went to school and had an education. Right. And yet to come right. to the, as I did when I moved here from Chicago, the culture shock of the change, mm-hmm. but still recognizing these are your people. What what connected and made you go, you know, the only thing I can do is discuss why race matters. Oh, wow. So that was, there wasn't a linear connection there, I would say. Um, but I think being in certain spaces sparked thinking and led to opportunities to lean into what I'm doing now. Um, But to go back a little bit, so I agree that socioeconomically, PG County is doing well. Mm -hmm. But as a descendant of enslaved people, we're still historically marginalized. So just because folks can maybe afford to buy a Tesla and go on vacation on the regular doesn't mean that generational wealth exists in the same way for those groups as those who did not have a, a history of enslavement in their families, right? So we're doing better, but it's not as though history is gone and it's been erased okay. because of it. Right. Um, <laughs> so I just want to put that out there. But in terms of what that means for me here, um, it's definitely meant that I think I came kind of with assumptions that my experiences prior to coming to Wisconsin were just going to be carried over. Like I, I did not plan for not being able to easily find soul food restaurants or places to get my hair done or just places to hang out where I'll see people that look like me and can hear music that I enjoy listening to. Like that has been difficult, quite honestly. Um, And so what, what I connected with and that led to why race matters was the intentionality around building community. I haven't had to work as hard as I've had since living in Wisconsin to find and connect with community. I remember literally like my first week here, I Googled chicken and waffles because I wanted some food. And I found Melly Mel's. That was a restaurant that was off of the gut line in Madison. It's <laughs> yep. not there anymore. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, great. I went to Melly Mel's and I ate. And I started talking to the waiter that worked there. That was one of her sons. And he like was like, oh, this is what you can do in Wisconsin. He gave me all these referrals. So I was like, great. So it turned into, honestly, a black people scavenger hunt for me. So I would go to the next thing, talk to people there, and find out where to go until I felt like I knew the spots that weren't necessarily like positioned prominently, right. but that if you were part of the community, you knew. So that was a jumping off point, or I guess the impetus behind years later when the Why Race Matters opportunity 
arose in my mind because I'm like, man, the, the lived experience of being someone from an underrepresented group in a majority white space is at times it's work. Like you have to create, you have to put in the time and effort to create the very lived experiences that other people have the privilege of just showing up and enjoying. You can't necessarily just show up and enjoy them. You have to help build them. You have to help finance them. Like there's just another reality. And so how do we elevate the needs of those in that reality? Even though I don't want to negate that we're, we're flourishing, we're doing great within what we've created, but still y'all, this is what's going on in a setting that you are constantly celebrating as having all of the things. It might have all the things for you. It doesn't have all the things for us. So how are we working together to make it such that there's this shared experience for everyone? Sharing stories of artists, community organizers, health professionals, subject experts, listening to the layered lived experiences of black people in Wisconsin. Why Race Matters, PBS Wisconsin. Where can people find the show? Sure thing. They can find the show on pbswisconsin.com slash why race matters. Outstanding. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Angela Fitzgerald. Next Thank time you. I'm in next time I'm in Madison, I will have to look you up. Please do. I would love to connect. All right. Take care. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I want to say thank you to Angela Fitzgerald for giving us that great. She's the creator, producer, and host of Why Race Matters. She's got a pretty good education and career on leadership and community engagement and you know, creating opportunities for others. I love how she says she was born and raised in in born in Washington, DC, raised in Southern Maryland. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Make sure you check it out. It's online. If you got a phone, all you got to do is like turn your phone on and go to the and watch it and it'll take care of itself and you can watch it. Short segments, but powerful nonetheless. 833-212-1017 is the number. 414-299 reminded us that Sherwin interviewed Mandela Barnes today on Facebook. So, I mean, okay. What on the radio? I'm just saying. 
And so for me, the 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 people pushing, people checking, hey, what's going on? Why you? That should that me personally, that would actually drive me to come to you to say what's going on. That would drive me to say, hey, what what is this? What's going on? I am. I am. Not understanding this. What do you need? Right. Because these are we're talking about people that are your constituents. So if people that work with you have already discounted black media in Wisconsin, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. And the one thing I will never do. Is. Tell black people who to vote for. I think black people are smart enough. I think the assumptions people make about black people as it relates to money and crime and, and all sorts of things, politics, are just incorrect. But that's just me. 833-212-1017 is the number. You still have time to sign up for the Black Business Give Back, sponsored by 1017 The Truth and Associated Bank. If you didn't win last month, keep trying this month. We get a restart on next Monday. Well, you can be one of the first 10 black businesses to sign up at blackbusinessgiveback.com. And if you're selected, you get $2,000 worth of commercial advertising right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Again, go to blackbusinessgiveback.com. Be eligible. You have to be in business for a year and be in Milwaukee County. The Black Business Give Back sponsored by... 1017 The Truth and Associated Bank. Member FDIC. And tomorrow night, the Truth's Gridiron Game of the Week is this Friday. You've heard it. Milwaukee Lutheran, I'm sorry, Milwaukee Luther Spartans host the University School of Milwaukee Wildcats. Word has it that's going to be a hot game. I heard that game going to be fire. So you might want to check it out right here. Kickoff is set at 7 o'clock, so you get the Tory Lowe show at 6 o'clock. And the Truth's Gridiron Game of the Week at 7. That's Martin Luther versus University School right here on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com, sponsored by, that's what I get for reading ahead, <laughs> sponsored by Gruber Law. Offices. Also want to remind you, Milwaukee, the time is almost here. Today was the last day that you could have won with somebody. Scotty won the other day. I think last time I did my last one, that's the person that won, wasn't it? So, yeah. Got good, you know, got good vibes, Scotty. Last person that came and signed up and became eligible to win actually was one was the person that actually won. So, and his name was Kelvin. So I'm saying that's one of them things where you really, 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 really got to be on point. And Scotty was, he made it in. He was calling number five. And now that's the same number I used before calling number five. So we'll see. Marquise was the last entry today. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to see tomorrow. And I know the exact time. And I'm going to tell y'all. So we done ended all y'all in. You had three months. Three months to sign up, call every day, find somebody's show, listen to the truth. 
And this Friday, tomorrow, we'll pick our second one call. That's all $5,000 giveaway winner. But you got to listen to Sherwin Hughes. The truth with Sherwin Hughes tomorrow. Now, let me tell you what time they're going to call. They're going to do it, right? You ready? Between 10 and 1. That's all I got. I don't know when they're going to do it. They might do it at 10 or 1. They might do it at 12.59. I don't know. All I'm saying is you need to watch. And you need to answer your phone because if you don't answer your phone, they're going to go to whoever next they pull. And then if you're going to be mad, you'll be like, is that a missed call from the truth? <laughs> you're just going to pass out Ugh, right in the middle of the street. No, I don't do that. We in Milwaukee. You might get run over. So make sure you tune in to Truth with Sherwin Hughes this Friday so you don't miss your call. Because if you do, again, it'll go to the next person and the next person. And they don't answer until they get somebody to give away $5,000. Again, that's the big Gruber 5K giveaway this Friday on The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. Right here on the new 1017 The Truth. And I can't win. I can't win. I wish I could. But then again, maybe I should invest in myself, right? Do something simple like buy some whole life insurance and be able to get some cash value and years later be able to uh, be able to make sure I have generational wealth. But those are the kind of things you do, right? Those are the things that the black community can set themselves up and can really, really build out being able to um, do it. What would I do with 5K? What I would do with 5K? Um I would take half and invest it for my daughters. And then I would take the other half and go to Hawaii. That's just me. But then again, if I'm going to go to Hawaii, I'd probably definitely need to, I probably need to buy myself some insurance. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833 212 1017 is the number. 
Yep. I got nothing. The closer we get to the election, the closer we'll see what exactly is going to happen. I think that the closer we get to what's going on, we'll make a decision. I still have the same question. What will Milwaukee look like if you win in six years? Just changing you out so you can vote in things for the Democratic Party in Washington. Many that don't reach the black community or that are downright detrimental to the black community. What is that? What is that? So I'm going to be listening to Sherwin Hughes tomorrow when he talks about his interview with U.S. Senatorial Candidate Mandela Barnes and see. And let me be clear. I don't, I don't dislike Jesse Mandela Barnes. I don't. I don't dislike him. I don't, I don't think he's a terrible person. We know the same people we've met and spoken before. It's, it's, it's not that. My beef more so is with the people that function around him, the people that work with him, the people that, that create um, the space for him to uh, operate. Because I think, just me, I think that that, that can be detrimental to uh, – how we move forward in the state of Wisconsin. I remember a time in Wisconsin when the legislature had all, when the Democratic Party had the Assembly, the Senate, and the Governor's Mansion. For the life of me, I can't recall how well we did or not. Because I don't fathom a change. I don't, I don't see what has occurred. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I just don't know. Maybe I'm not in. I don't know. But I think that in the future, we have to look at the city of Milwaukee in a different way. We have to look at the world in a different way. Which means we have to create our own way of life. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm still in agreement with Mike. We have to be more self-sufficient. And when we see need, then take care of it. Don't assume. Ask.
Have we looked into the black community in Florida? I guess I should ask, has any show on the truth looked into what's going on in Florida and figured out a way people that look like us, how they doing? I've called friends of mine, but they don't have, um, they don't, they don't have, uh, power so they can't like talk on their cell phone you got to wait till they get powered up and get their power back you know roughly 1.8 million people had no power last night and crews that are on the way from all the surrounding states are going there to help them out and ian that then crashed and turned into a storm has now turned back into a category one hurricane and is headed towards south carolina and so the National Weather Service has now put a, a, a warning on the entire eastern seaboard. Up north to Nova Scotia, Canada, because all the storm's going to do is pick up. All the storm's going to do is turn into another hurricane. And so we have to be cognizant of that. But before we do that, we need to make sure we take care of the people here. We have to make sure we take care of the city of Milwaukee. I love the city. I love being here. I love the lakefront. I love the river. Many times it's quiet. It's peaceful. But the perception is that it's not safe. Where safety goes, money goes. The way to build up the city, and I don't think people want to build up the city because too many people live in suburbs, too many people shop in suburbs, too many people, you know, congregate in suburbs. But I think if we get the crime issue under wraps, we'll be able to turn the city around. We will be able to build out something that will be here for generations to come. We have to work at it. We have to really, really, really look at this city between now and the first Tuesday in November. And figure out what's best for this city. And to a point, remove race, remove gender, remove sexual orientation, remove all those things that weigh us down and we have to wade through in order to get our point known what is going to be best for you and your family. Only then will we make this city better. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Never miss the show by streaming us on multiple platforms, the Truth app, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You know my suggestion. Just download the app and listen 24 hours a day. Tori Lowe shows up next, 6 o'clock. 
I'll be back again around midnight or so. And then around 5 a.m., I'll be kicking it in, rolling up that show called MK in the Morning. Want to say thank you, DZ. Appreciate you. God bless. See you in 22 hours, that is. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Yep. I got nothing. The closer we get to the election, the closer we'll see what exactly is going to happen. I think that the closer we get to what's going on, we'll make a decision. I still have the same question. What will Milwaukee look like if you win in six years? Just changing you out so you can vote in things for the Democratic Party in Washington. Many that don't reach the black community or that are downright detrimental to the black community. What is that? What is that? So I'm going to be listening to Sherwin Hughes tomorrow when he talks about his interview with U.S. Senatorial Candidate Mandela Barnes and see. And let me be clear. I don't I don't dislike Jesse Mandela Barnes. I don't. I don't dislike him. 
I don't I don't think he's a terrible person. We know the same people we've met and spoken before. It's 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 not that. My beef more so is with the people that function around him, the people that work with him, the people that that create um the space for him to uh operate. Because I think just me. I think that 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 can be detrimental to uh, how we move forward in the state of Wisconsin. I remember a time in Wisconsin when the legislature had all, when the Democratic Party had the Assembly, the Senate, and the Governor's Mansion. For the life of me, I can't recall how well we did or not. Because I don't fathom a change. I don't I don't see what has occurred. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I just don't know. Maybe I'm not in. I don't know. But I think that in the future, we have to look at the city of Milwaukee in a different way. We have to look at the world in a different way. Which means we have to create our own way of life. And that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. 833-212-1017 is the number I'm still in agreement with Mike we have to be more self-sufficient and when we see need then take care of it don't assume ask Have we looked into the black community in Florida? I guess I should ask, has any show on the truth looked into what's going on in Florida and figured out a way people that look like us, how they doing? I've called friends of mine, but they don't have, um, they don't, they don't have uh, power. So they can't like talk on their cell phone. You got to wait till they get powered up and get their power back. You know, roughly 1.8 million people had no power last night and crews that are on the way from all the surrounding states are going there to help them out. 833 And Ian that then crashed and turned into a storm has now turned back into a category one hurricane and is headed towards South Carolina. And so the National Weather Service has now put a, a, a warning on the entire eastern seaboard. Up north to Nova Scotia, Canada, because all the storm's going to do is pick up. All the storm's going to do is turn into another hurricane. 
And so we have to be cognizant of that. But before we do that, we need to make sure we take care of the people here. We have to make sure we take care of the city of Milwaukee. I love the city. I love being here. I love the lakefront. I love the river. Many times it's quiet. It's peaceful. But the perception is that it's not safe. Where safety goes, money goes. The way to build up the city, and I don't think people want to build up the city because too many people live in suburbs, too many people shop in suburbs, too many people, you know, congregate in suburbs. But I think if we get the crime issue under wraps, we'll be able to turn the city around. We will be able to build out something that will be here for generations to come. We have to work at it. We have to really, really, really look at this city between now and the first Tuesday in November. And figure out what's best for this city. And to a point, remove race, remove gender, remove sexual orientation, remove all those things that weigh us down and we have to wade through in order to get our point known what is going to be best for you and your family. Only then will we make this city better. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Never miss the show by streaming us on multiple platforms, the Truth app, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You know my suggestion. Just download the app and listen 24 hours a day. Tori Lowe shows up next, 6 o'clock. I'll be back again around midnight or so. And then around 5 a.m., I'll be kicking it in, rolling up that show called MK in the Morning. Want to say thank you, DZ. Appreciate you. God bless. See you in 22 hours, that is. <laughs>